Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. Hello from the Steffies. Hey, Silverdale family. Welcome to the Talvin home. Welcome to our house. Hi. Hi, Silverdale. Welcome to home. Hi. Hi. Just like you, we've been spending a lot of time here at home with each other. Try not to drive each other crazy. You know, that's the way it is no matter what's going on. You know, that's true no matter what's going on. Welcome to home. The love we have for our family and each other should last through this season and beyond. It's true. That's the way God designed it. It's just the way God designed it. I'm so thankful that all of you are able to be a part of our worship services this weekend. We're in a relationship series called Rain or Shine, Love for Every Season. And we've been going through a strange season with the COVID virus, shelter in place mandate, and now tornadoes, so many of us are stressed out. And the thing that is affected most by our stress is relationships. I've been informed that since we've been in this difficult season, divorce filings and domestic disturbances have gone up. Relationships are at the breaking point And since we can't change the economy or the virus, there's one thing that we can work on, our relationships. So today, I'm going to teach you about communication and how you can speak the truth in love. Now, the principles in today's message apply to every relationship. I've used these principles in counseling, business meetings, parenting, but I first learned these principles in marriage. And so to help me teach, I have with me today the love of my life, my wife, Susan. For those of you who don't know us, we've been married 35 years. We have four adult children who are married as well. And praise God, they love Jesus and are successful in their careers. Though Tony and I have a lot of history and experience in our years together, there's one thing that we must work on constantly, and that is communication. Communication is one of the most critical topics in all relationships, and especially in marriages. Dr. Neil Clark Warren did a study of almost 500 couples and discovered that there is one skill that can lead to a successful marriage, and that skill is communication. The couples who are most successful in marriage know how to communicate. Now, you would think that this would come easy for us. We learned how to talk at an early age, and we've been doing it ever since. But there's a difference between talking and communicating. I heard about a computer science class in a local college where the teacher divided the class up between male and female and asked them to determine if computers are male or female. Now, the men came back and unanimously concluded that computers must be female. And this was their reasons. Number one, they said, no one but their creator understands their internal logic. (laughs) Number two, When computers communicate with each other, they speak in code language that only they and experts understand. And number three, every mistake you make is stored on their hard drive for later retrieval. But the women voted unanimously that computers must be in the masculine gender. First of all, if you want to get their attention, you have to turn them on. 
Number two, they have a lot of data, but still can't think for themselves. And finally, they're supposed to help you solve problems, but half the time, they are the problem. <laughs> you see, most of the problems that exist between men and women are communication problems. There may be a lot of talking or even data sharing, but not much communication is happening. The fact is, you may talk to each other, but are you really hearing each other? Now, why is communication so important? Because it is the primary way that we connect. In fact, jot this on your outline. God's goal for your marriage is oneness. God's goal for marriage is oneness. The goal of marriage is not children. The goal of marriage is not financial stability or retiring one day and growing old together. Those things are great, but God's goal for marriage is oneness. When you look at God's original design for marriage found in the book of Genesis, you will find that marriage is designed for oneness. Look at how it's stated in Genesis 2.18. It's not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a helper suitable for him. God has designed marriage so that you will not be alone. You have a companion. Susan is my closest friend and confidant, and there's no way I would be where I am today without her. I mean, this idea is repeated again in Genesis 2.24 and they will become one flesh. Do you see this? When you are married, two become one. That's God's purpose for marriage, oneness. You see, God's goal is exactly what you long to experience. Your desire to have intimacy is there because God has hardwired you for oneness. And the primary way that you experience this oneness is through good communication. But we've got a problem. Communication does not come naturally. You need to learn skills on how to communicate correctly, and that's what we want to teach you today. We all know intuitively how important this is, and yet we allow busyness or distractions to crowd out good communication. And over a period of time, we just stop talking and we start going through the motions. And if we don't watch it, marriage can become the loneliest relationship on the planet. There is a creeping separateness that can take place in any home. Talking is critical because silence kills a relationship. When things are going on in our life, like a tornado or a virus, and we have no one to share with, we start to die inside. Or we start this self-talk, which always leads to depressive and negative thinking. How do you break that cycle? You must learn how to communicate because it is the lifeblood of every relationship. Now, let me explain why this is so true. I want you to understand what I call the five levels of communication. You can see these on your outline, five levels of communication. It starts with a husband and wife, you know, really not connected, and then they move deeper down with each level to more intimacy and sharing. So let me give you the five levels of communication. The first one is what I call the stranger level. This is basically saying, Hi, how are you? Fine. I mean, that's how you're communicating when you're talking to a stranger, right? I mean, we can all be at that level. This is basically giving somebody a wave. Hey. Hey. Okay. The next level is what I would call the facts level. Now, most communication is on the facts level. It's giving basic information. It goes something like, uh, today's garbage day or we need to pay the bills. But it's just the facts. And even though the majority of our communication is on the facts level, we really don't feel close to someone whenever you're only talking about the facts. It's just facts, no real connection. 
This level can be symbolized by a handshake. Okay. The third level of communication is what I call the opinion level. This is whenever you tell the other person what you're thinking about, what your ideas are, your opinions. You know, this is how I think we should spend the money, or this is how we should discipline our kids, or, hey, this is where I want to go on vacation. Now, when you share on this level, you're getting a little bit more vulnerable because you're sharing your thoughts and your opinions, and the other person may disagree with you, and this can lead to rejection or conflict. Now, in a marriage, even if you don't agree with your spouse, you need to value their opinion. Your spouse needs to know that they are being heard, and if your spouse feels like they're being heard, you've just entered through the door of intimacy. Now, this level can be symbolized by holding hands. <laughs> if you will learn to listen, you will cross over the wall of conflict into the door of intimacy because now you're not just sharing words, you're beginning to share your heart, which then leads to the fourth level. The fourth level is what I call the feelings level. This is where we share our emotions, our joys, our hurts, our fears, if you never get down to this level, then your relationship will not be very fulfilling or very close. The feelings level looks something like, you know, I felt hurt whenever you shared that story about me last night, or I feel intimidated by your mother, or I'm worried about losing my job in the economy. When you're able to share on this level, and then your spouse accepts and affirms what you feel, you will start to feel closer in your partnership. So sharing on the feeling level is like giving each other a hug, okay? <laughs> yeah. Now, the fifth level is where you're able to share your needs. This is whenever you're totally free to speak honestly with each other without any fear of rejection. You can express what you need or, you know, it may be something like, yeah, I need to know that I'm your top priority or I need you to hold me or I need your time. Now, you may not always agree with their need, but they at least need to know that they've been heard and accepted. When you can share with complete honesty, this is like an emotional kiss in a relationship. So, now here's the deal. Behind every emotion and opinion, there is a need. And if you can get to the real need that your spouse has, you can resolve almost all problems in your marriage. Let's say your wife comes to you and says, your mom criticized my parenting this weekend. That's the facts level. Then she says, I don't think she likes me. That's her opinion. I feel hurt by her criticism. That's her feelings. I need you to stand up to her. That's her need. Now, what if then the husband goes, whoa, whoa, time out, girl. <laughs> and then he starts to discredit everything his wife just said. You're just oversensitive. And, you know, my mom loves you. And sometimes you don't discipline the kids very well. Now, if you just responded that way, what level do you think she is going to share at? The stranger level. Hi, how was your day? Because when she tried to go to a deeper level, you shut her down. So what was the real need in that conversation? The wife needed to know that you had her back, that she's an awesome mom. And if you can meet that need, then the conflicts and disagreements about her opinions will go away. Try and discover and hear the need of your partner because if you reject a person at the need level, it's gonna hurt them more than anything else. 
So those are the levels of communication. But now we want to teach you how to do good communication. And these principles can apply to any relationship, marriage, children, any relationship. Now, good communication requires two elements, the speaker and the listener. Susan and I have used a technique called the speaker-listener communication. We use this little tool called the floor. We literally printed this out and taped it to a literal piece of floor. Now, we've included this on your sermon notes so that you can have them today. We've done this for years, and this is a simple technique, but it has enabled us to navigate through so many conflicts and move from stranger level to needs level communication so that we really love each other. So let's first think about how to become a good speaker. You can jot that on your outline. How do you become a good speaker? I mean, literally, how do you become an effective communicator? Notice what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. The Bible says we grow, how? When we speak the truth in love. Both are needed. We must speak the truth, but we must do it in a loving way. How? Well, we want to give you some good ground rules for becoming a good speaker and communicator. First, speak for yourself. Your spouse can't read your mind. That means you must say what you need or feel. You can't expect your spouse to read your mind. This will be vulnerable for many of you, but it is your responsibility. Again, you can't assume anything. Most conflicts happen when you assume your spouse knows, even though you have not communicated. They do not know. You must speak for yourself. The second rule is keep the statements brief. Don't go on and on and on. If you want to be heard, you need to make short and brief statements. So often, we move from one issue to another and overlap topics as we talk. So as a result, our spouse never really knows what is the main issue. So the listener may start to focus on some lesser important detail and totally miss your need. Remember, kiss. Keep it simple, silly. Uh, next. Number three, know you phrases. Use I need and I feel phrases. Now, most of the time when we're angry, we don't share as I feel statements. We tend to use words like you ought or you should or you always or you never. That is how parents talk to children. Ought, should, always, never. When your spouse hears that from you, it ruins the relationship. You tell a man those words and you've just challenged his manhood. And ladies, when your husband talks to you like that, you may feel like your husband has become your father and is talking down to you. But if you will say, sweetheart, I felt angry when I waited and waited for you to pick me up at work and you forgot. Or I feel unimportant when you watch TV when I'm trying to talk to you. I feel. Do you see where the attack has gone? It shifts from them to you. Share your feelings and avoid attacking the person. As long as you are scolding your spouse, they won't respond positively. That is what the Bible means by speaking the truth in love. Now, if you're going to become a good speaker, hopefully they will become a good listener. So how do you become a good listener? I want you to jot that down. Becoming a good listener. 
The writer George Bernard Shaw said, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it's actually taking place. Well, we want more than illusion. We need to really communicate with each other in order to achieve emotional oneness. And the primary way this grows is by becoming a good listener. Notice how the Bible puts this in James chapter 1, verse 19. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Did you know God has speed limits for your communication? He wants us to be quick to listen to others. And then he wants us to slow down before we speak. We have two ears and one mouth. That means you should listen twice as much as you talk. But most of us, whenever we're hearing somebody speak, we're often thinking about our response. As soon as you start thinking about how you're going to respond to somebody, you have stopped listening. Tony and I love to watch detective shows and mysteries. And in every story, they start with a few facts and a lot of theories. But it's not until they get all the facts that they come to the right conclusion. It works the same way with communication. The communication pattern that we have practiced the most in our marriage was to listen a little and then theorize or guess a lot. We guess wrong 99 out of 100 times. But the listening technique that we're trying to teach you today has revolutionized our communication and strengthened our emotional connection. So how do you become a good listener? Number one is this. First of all, you need to focus on the speaker's message. It's so easy to get distracted. So Susan and I will set aside specific time for us to practice communication. We'll set aside our phones and turn off the TV and give ourselves a set amount of time just to talk and listen. Proverbs 5, 7 says, listen to me and don't turn away from the words of my mouth. So imagine your spouse has just shared with you how they're feeling in short phrases. As the listener, you're trying to make sure you're hearing their words, but you're also trying to understand the message and the meaning. Then after you've listened to your spouse, the best way for them to know that they've been heard is to repeat it back to them. That's number two, rule for listening. Jot this down. Paraphrase what you hear. You need to paraphrase or repeat back what you think you just heard them say. To be honest, this was the hardest skill for me to learn. I naturally, when I'm listening, would go into problem solver mode and begin to interject my opinions. But when you start doing this, it proves you're really not listening. So after your spouse has spoken, you say something like this. What I think I hear you saying is this, right? And then you paraphrase what you just heard. This forces you to listen intently. Proverbs 18.13 says this, He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. So you listen for understanding and then repeat it back what you think you've just heard, which leads then to the third rule of good listening. Number three, Ask clarifying questions to understand. A clarifying question is asked when you don't understand what they mean. Proverbs 18.15 says, The mind of the discerning acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks it. Questions help you understand. For example, can you describe what you mean by the word safe? You said you don't feel safe in this situation. What does the word safe mean? This way you're getting all the facts and using the same definition for words because words have different meanings in different contexts. 
When we start guessing rather than listening, we typically guess wrong. The objective of listening is to help the other person express themselves and for you to understand what their underlying need is. This is your opportunity to get to know them better, so just listen. Which then leads to the fourth rule of a good listener. Don't rebuff, but validate what's been heard. Now, as a good listener, you may disagree with what's being said, but this is not the time to express or rebuff what's been spoken. If you reject their information, communication will immediately cut off at that point. There will be opportunity for you to communicate later your position, but right now you must validate what the speaker has said and their feelings. Look at how this is written in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. A way that you can validate what has been spoken to you is very simply saying, thank you so much for sharing. So those are the rules for the speaker and the listener. But communication cannot just be one-sided. You must share the floor. So after you have spoken, you must then hand the floor over to your spouse and then practice good listening skills as they speak. So those are a few rules and guidelines for good communication. Susan and I set aside specific times for us to communicate deeply like this. We started doing this once a month on our back porch. Then we moved to once a week during a date. We now try to do this as a part of our daily check-in. Let me give you a few questions that can help you get started. We ask each other these two questions almost every day or at least once a week. The first question is, what was the best part of your day? What was the best part of your week? As your spouse shares, you're listening for what gave them joy, meaning, purpose. You learn what puts wind beneath their wings. It's always good to start with a positive question like this. What's the best part of your week? The next question is, okay, what was the worst part of your day or week? And as your spouse shares, you're listening for what they're concerned about, what weighs them down. It may be, I'm concerned about our marriage or our finances or our family or society. When you hear their answers to this question, you're learning the worries and the fears and the hurts of your spouse. Now, whenever you share the answers to these questions on a regular basis, your spouse will feel heard and you'll start connecting on a deeper level. Now, Susan and I would like to role play the speaker-listener technique. We want you to pay real close attention because we want you to try to practice this at home in your own relationships. And so we're going to start actually with the negative question. Susan, what was the worst part of your week last week? I felt very anxious when you were driving so fast in the big storm, passing the semis on the interstate. So what I think I hear you saying is that you felt... Um, very anxious when we were in the big storm and I was passing semis on the interstate. Tony heard that correctly, so now I'm going to go deeper. Yes, I didn't feel safe as you were driving. So what I hear you saying is that you didn't feel safe when I was driving. Could you define safe? I feel safer in a heavy rainstorm following about 60 feet behind the semis rather than passing them. 
So what I hear you saying is that when we're in a rainstorm on the interstate, you would prefer that I follow about 60 feet behind the semi and not pass them in the rain. Tony heard that correctly, so now I'm going even deeper. That's correct, because when I feel unsafe and anxious, then I have this load of emotions, and I stop talking to you because I'm trying to hard to get back to a peaceful place and not say unkind words to you. So what I hear you saying is that you got overloaded with emotion and you withdrew because you need to go to a safe place and get peace back so that you wouldn't say something unkind to me. Yes. Now we just summarized a 30 minute back and forth exchange. I hope you noticed that I took responsibility for my emotions and didn't use blame or shame. The sooner you can kindly express difficult topics, the less ground Satan can have to interpret the circumstances for you. We actually discussed this topic within the hour of it happening, and afterwards we both felt so encouraged that we were making progress in the communication process. Woohoo! We did it. <laughs> if you ask each other these questions every day, or at least once a week, you will begin to communicate on deeper levels and you'll be discovering things about what gives life to your spouse and those things that drag them down. And when you start knowing these things about your spouse, you'll be able to connect in ways that you never have before, and you're going to become best friends. Now, you do not need to wait for your spouse to ask you these two questions. If there's a problem or concern, you can simply ask, hey, can we talk? Bring out the tile so everybody knows they need to practice good speaking and listening skills. Most of you now have more time together. So go practice this before life gets busy in. This really does work. So go do it. Now, I don't know what the shape of your marriage or relationships are in, but I do know this. Jesus Christ can repair all cracks in every relationship but you must submit that relationship to the Lord and then learn to communicate in love. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please, stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.